WOWDLP Tacoma Park. The sacred writings of the Baha'i Faith teach that music is a ladder for the soul. My name is Jack Gordon, and I'm host of Interfaith Ish. On this ongoing series of conversations that I'm calling Soul Ladder Music, I invite you to climb with me as we hear songs and stories from a diverse array of musicians who connect sound and spirit. My guest this week is Latifa Alatas, who performs as both Page CXVI and Moda Spira. I've listened to Latifa's beautiful arrangements of Christian hymns for a number of years now, but going into this interview, I encountered an artist at a much different place in her journey than I had expected. Latifa's most recent work captures, according to her, a deep cosmic shift in her theology in real time. Our interview quickly became a meditation on faith, loss, and what happens when our relationship with a religious community and our connection with the divine go through profound changes. This is definitely one of my favorites in this series, so enjoy my conversation with Latifa Alatas. First of all, I want to just say that your music just makes me feel closer to the Holy Spirit. So oh. thank you so much for that experience. Oh, that is, that makes me kind of emotional. Thank you. That's, that's, that's why really I want kind. you. I want you <laughs> nice, and, nice and raw and vulnerable. <laughs> uh, it doesn't take very much. <laughs> I, mean, I get emotional like with commercials whenever I see it. <laughs> I live pretty close to the edge of yeah. my emotions are very close to the surface. So, um, no, thank you. I, I feel that way about certain artists as well. And um, I'm so grateful for their like discipline to keep doing the work because it helps me have access in ways to the, the divine and my own yes. self sometimes in ways that are harder for me. It's almost like I don't hold the keys in a curious way and somebody else mm. has the keys for the lock. And, 
um, that's why community, I think, is so important. But yeah, um, yeah, thank you for saying that. So just to give you a little bit of background, I I first learned about your your music um, both with Page CXVI and and Motospira from uh, Mike Cosper's really excellent podcast, Cultivated. Yes, yes, and. Even though I'm uh, not a Christian myself, I, I really felt immediately drawn to the arrangements of the Christian mm. hymns that you were doing as part of your earlier page records. Yeah. And um, and yeah, I just, I, I really feel like there's, you're tuned into something very, very special with, with the way that you put out music. And I, you know, the new directions that you've gone with your latest page album um all you know it actually frequently it sounds to me like a a what a terrence malick film looks like (laughs) i don't know who that is but he sounds smart (laughs) what oh man oh okay so here's what you do you gotta go this evening yeah when your kid's in bed yeah if you've got a couple of hours or something because they're longer films so you need a good amount of time okay just track down tree of life that's who did Tree of Life. Yeah. I've seen Tree of Life. Okay, I just don't okay. like memorize names of like okay. writer directors. Wow, that is Yes, man. Well, there's a whole story behind that song, so that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's just, you know, there's a feeling, there's like this warmth yeah. and ethereal quality and a thoughtfulness all at once in the music. And um yeah, so when I when I've been listening to your your music, particularly in preparation for this conversation, it's like you know what this kind of feels like watching a Terrence Malick film. Mm, wow, I'm gonna put that in my pocket and save it for later when I feel sad about something. <laughs> that really, that's a nice compliment. Thank you. Good. Yeah, that film is stunning. I actually, that's a good reminder. I need to rewatch it because when I watched that film, I actually don't think I was ready to receive the wisdom it was passing yeah. out. Yeah. And I think now I would probably just weep through the entire thing. I think right. I think when I first watched it, there was some confusion and some, and the confusion led to judgment. That's probably which, which I think that ha- happens a lot in the way we're made. But um, now I feel like I'd be so much more open mm. to receiving the lessons that it's offering. And um, I'm I'm gonna rewatch it. I might do that this weekend. That's a yeah. great idea. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well then, of course, you know you have you have Motospira, which uh, features some of your original songwriting. I think is that is that sort yeah, of the yeah. It's all originals. Yeah, yeah, Moda. You know, since my kind of career evolved, um, I started yeah. making records when I was. I made my first record when I was twenty one. It was my last year of college, and mm. um, I kind of have always had my like feet in both universes of like. Christian music, and then Christians call secular music secular music. Um, I've had, <laughs> which is, I mean, now I have a lot <laughs> music, of feelings music. about all of that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just have always, I think part of it is that I, I grew up in church. My my dad was Muslim, and my mom came to the really? Christian wow. faith. Okay. Yeah, my, my dad was from Yemen and was Muslim and married my mom, and then 10 years into their marriage, she kind of became a Christian watching the 700 Club which is this like televangelist. Yeah, I mean, really crazy. Um, And the girls, my sister and I, there was just two of us. We kind of just grew up going to church with mom. And that created a lot of tension in our house, like a lot. Um, As you can imagine, um, a very Eastern dad with a very Western mom. So Mm. you already have a lot of East versus West tension. And then you add in the uh, bi-religious tension of Christianity and Islam and um, 
it's just, it's so fascinating to look back at it now because um, it's just what happened and it cannot change. And now I am who I am because of it, which I am grateful for. But um, I didn't, because of the particular form of Christianity I grew up in, which is a lot of, it started out charismatic and then turned into fundamentalism, mm. like conservative fundamentalism. Um, I I didn't know how to hold space for people of other faiths without pitying them. Wow. And um, that grieves me. It makes me so sad because mm. I think there was a part of me that I lost a lot of... Uh, potential goodness, I think, between my dad and I, because I grew up with people telling me how lost he was or, you know, um, how he needs to be saved. And I think it created how I ended up interpreting that is I just lost a lot of respect for his judgment or his insight, Oh, okay. which is so sad. Um, I think it's a, a tragedy of the closed-mindedness that was sort of created for me um, around Is he faith. still in your life? He passed away, um, actually, what's today? Almost 15 years ago, exactly. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So, yeah, he passed away. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of a tangent. Um, but, yeah, so I kind of grew up um, playing, in, like, worship in the worship band from, like, junior high because I just have mm. always loved music, and i was been playing music since I was two years old. And then I started writing my own songs for the first time when I was 18 mm. um, in like the stairwell of my dorm, you know, very romantic. <laughs> um, and I just fell in love with making music. I fell in love with making records. Um, I've made 20 of my own records. The first 10 are not very impressive, and I'd be fine if they were buried into the earth and no one ever listened <laughs> to them again. <laughs> Maybe even released under your own name? Um, no, I mean, I, I had some under Tifa. I had some uh -huh. under uh, the Autumn Film. That uh -huh. there was there was some cool records that came out with Autumn Film, and then the first few page records, just like sonically and like vocally, I wish they were really different. And now theologically, I sort of wish they were really different. But um, oh, that's but so I have to, to yeah, I just have to honor that that's where I was at the time, and yeah. it was incredibly genuine at the time, you know. Yeah. And um, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't probably sing a lot of those songs anymore unless mm. I did some big rewrites. Well, when you write a song today or an arrangement, do you how do you know if it fits in as either a Page record or a Motospira record? Absolutely. So like Page 6 VI was sort of postured as music, you know, for church space um, mm. or like Christian worship space in particular. So that's either in churches, in conferences, or for people who like want it for meditation, you know? Mm. And then um, Motospira or the Autumn Film was always meant to be um, an artist moniker that gave me the freedom to write about anything I wanted, which generally has just become my personal life experience and mm. things that I genuinely need to process and metabolize and digest. And music has always been um, the most powerful medium for me to be able to do that, like really metabolize um, what's happening inside my universe and through my body with sound. The latest release of Motospira, which is almost five, year, five years ago now, is a record called Divorce, and I was processing my divorce. So it's not too hard to understand. <laughs> and the page record and that divorce record, I actually was kind of like switching. Like I had started making that page record and then um, realized my marriage was ending. And then a lot of stuff froze for a few months. And then I just started writing and then started creating the Motospira divorce record. And so that page record just took a back seat. Um, and then when I, when I came back to the page record, 
I lived in a new city. Um, I realized that half the songs needed to change, <laughs> you know, because wow. because like um, I, I would I am fully transparent in the fact that my life circumstances completely completely influence my theology. So um, I had a lot of ideas change for me. And I realized I needed to revisit the theology of the page record. So I had already started that with a, the posture of making it like a nonviolent, like a uh, gender full um, record, like um, referring to God equally as male and female or non-binary in the sense that like God is, in my opinion, neither woman nor man, but like can be mirrored in both the male and the female. Right. Um and that we actually get like a a more full picture of the divine when we like fully honor that like both genders are um, are mirroring an aspect or aspects mm. of the divine. So it was sort of an incomplete picture without the other. Um, it's also why like a good friend of mine did a sermon called uh, "God is a Trans God," and she did this really fascinating sermon on how tr- how trans people might even more fully reflect the divine in the sense mm. that they're like embodying both genders, which I thought was really fascinating. Interesting. Um, it's just an interesting idea. I love ideas. As you're moving beyond uh, Christian liturgy as the basis for for the page records in particular, and, and yeah. you're writing your own lyrics, do you do you think of them as prayers? Do you think of them as prayers for yourself or for others? Yeah, um, actually, when I did all that song that I sent you, which is the first track off the all record, which is the right. latest, there's seven years between that all record and the last page record. There's a gap there and there's a gap there for a reason. It's because all this stuff was percolating. Mm. And I didn't feel great about putting something out until I had like a little, like either at least one foot planted somewhere for me to like root and write from. But Mm. um, I had, hadn't even started reading it, but I I read it the week after I wrote the song. Um, There's a book called The Universal Christ that uh, Father Richard Rohr who is a Franciscan monk, so in the Catholic tradition, mm-hmm. wrote. And um, it's it's more or less the argument that like um, 
call it call it what you want, name it what you want. He uses the term universal Christ, cosmic Christ, to describe like the the redeeming God that loves you, right? That is in everything, that is like in every frequency, you know, kind of thing. And he wrote this kind of like very expansive theological book. And I, uh, gosh, now I'm having a hard time remembering, but this was also right around my very first psilocybin journey that I had done. Uh, Can you which define is also, that term? Yeah, psilocybin is from a mushroom. Some people call them magic mushrooms. It's okay. um, uh, There's been a lot of really cool literature and stories and articles and research being done about how it's incredibly beneficial for PTSD, depression, mm. anxiety as a therapy. Um, because my dad was an addict, I've never been very curious about drugs for recreation, but um, I am very curious about um, healing in general. Um, and I had done a lot after going through my divorce, all different kinds of therapies to continue kind of healing from that time in my life and um, did a therapeutic magic mushroom or psilocybin is like the scientific term mm -hmm. um, journey. And it really um, helped. It helped so tremendously. Mm, and wow. I don't, I don't, I won't advocate that as everybody's path or the only path to healing. It was just something that it scientifically, um, and this is the data they have on it, it does a lot for what's called uh, neuroplasticity. So that means right. that your mind can change. Um, and like, ways or ways of thinking or grooves that you've been stuck in generally because of trauma, you actually can get unstuck and create new neural pathways. And it really helped me. And I think that it also made me feel um, really connected to everything, like to the plants, to the trees, to all the people mm. in the world, to God. It was really beautiful. It made me feel a lot less alone. It made me feel, um, I used to walk around with this existential loneliness um, all the time. And I think that's connected to my story of origin for my family. Um, but it really helped me feel less alone, like cosmically. <laughs> wow. And wow. so, um, you know, all was so funny. It was this completely different song. Um, what was it called? Something Peace. I mean, it was an actual like five minute song with lyrics with a completely different melody and chord structure. Mm. And I was staring at it, and I was like, I don't believe in this song anymore. And I was like staring. <laughs> I was, wow, what, yeah. a, what a metaphor. <laughs> yeah, and I was like staring at the session. Yeah. And I had like tracked strings on it. Like we had, it was fully ready. Like, it was done. Mm. For mix, yeah. And wow. I'm staring at it, like piecing it apart. And um, originally I had co-produced this record with my buddy Dave Wilton, who's still one of my dearest friends, genius, wonderful person. Um, but I was in Nashville by myself, kind of like untangling and re-putting back together the record. And I called Dave and I was like, man, I'm going to trash this song, but I might just mess with it. He's like, yeah, do whatever you want, you know. So I literally cut the song up into pieces and like moved things around like completely and and then like made it a piece of music that I felt was really inspiring and that was like mm. making me feel things, you know, like in my heart center, my tummy center and my throat, you know, all those things. Mm. And then I just threw a mic up and I literally just sang and I had no plan. I didn't write anything. 
And which is so funny because it's actually like a very like kind of charismatic Christian approach to songwriting. Like um, there's a charismatic tradition in Christianity um, where people like do what they call like um, led by the Holy Spirit. So like in essence, like okay. they're, sa- they're saying like, I'm not in charge. Right. The Holy Spirit is using me as a conduit and look what's coming out. And it's very sporadic and free flowing and unplanned. So um It's kind of funny. I haven't thought about it like that, but that's basically what, I mean, who knows if that's like, I'm not saying (laughs) that I was back. Yeah. I'm not saying like, I'm God and this song is God, but I'm just saying that like, it was very sporadic and unplanned and it, and those lyrics and that melody of that, that root vocal came out. And I just, I felt all this energy around it. Like I remember feeling like my fingers were like tingling Mm. and I was, by the way, not on any drugs, like very sober when all this was happening, (laughs) the the mushroom trip happened either a week prior or a week after. I can't remember. Um, but uh, and then I just threw the mic up and like sang up like a million stacks of vocals, like mm. which is why you hear like a choir of me being like, oh, right. you know. <laughs> and um, I finished it. I mean, the whole thing happened in like maybe an hour and a half. And mm. I sat there and like kind of got really emotional. And I thought, this is something, like. This I think this represents one of my deep cosmic shifts in theology, and I just got to capture it in audio, in sort of real time, you know? And um, I love the song for that reason, and I also really believe in what it's saying, you know? It's from a very pure place in my heart that, like— I believe that like we see God in each other in everything if we want to. It's there in my opinion whether we want to see it or not. Um and that is a really beautiful connected um thought and concept and it is one of the things that I kind of kind of holds my insides together a little bit. And so um I really love the song for that reason, you know. Yeah. What a beautiful experience. Yeah, and I did it. It was just me in the studio by myself, but like it felt full. Like it, I felt like I I was in company, you know. And That's so um, great. yeah, so it's a weird song. It has like weird harmonies, but I kind of like the tension. It's a weird record, but it's a great record. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
as you've been evolving in your understanding or you're growing in 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 your conception of some of that theology as that you take into to making these records how has that been received then by different facets of the church community that have been supporting your records in the past yeah i mean i wouldn't say it's been received with a lot of hospitality um I was so optimistic with that right up on the... Uh, you got the Haas, and I was like, oh, hostility. Not a lot of host- Oh, no, not a lot of hospitality. Oh, no. Um, I mean... Oh, I'm so sorry to hear you know, that. It's okay. I will say, they're just like everybody's on their own journey, I think, when it comes to how they understand faith. And I have an opinion that a lot of people's willingness to explore different theological tenets and how they grew up is so closely tethered to where their belonging is. Mm. So like if you belong to a community where questioning a theological concept or like a pylon or a tenet around like the faith system that everybody's gathering on is high risk. Like if I, if I doubt or question, people are going to look at me differently, treat me differently, and maybe Mm. even kick me out of the community. Mm. There's a lot of unwillingness to be flexible or curious or open around what if this was not what I thought it was? What Mm. if God works differently? What if, what if, what if? Um, So, you know, the hymn space kind of naturally brought in a a group of listeners who I think are more reformed in their theology, which is more like um, they cling to a lot of certainty like we believe, you know, that all these things have to be a hundred percent true. And if we mess with any of these things and it's a slippery slope and everything, you know, dissolves into chaos or evil right. or whatever. Um, and so because I think the the hymn crowd, not all of them, tend to really enjoy certainty, which I blame no one for because like when it's my a nice son thing was to hold on to. It is. When my son was born, <laughs> I was like, well, pfft. Well, like I don't believe in hell anymore, which that feels great, but like, um, but like, but also like the flip side of feeling like you know if I pray to God in this way and I'm faithful, then God will give me this, this, or this. Well, mm. when you have a child that's vulnerable and goes out into the universe, man, it sure would feel good to know that if I checked all these boxes, that somehow it brought me and him more security. Um, I don't believe it, like in that kind of structure anymore. But I see the, like, temptation might be the wrong word, but I see the attraction Mm. um, to certainty. Because on, like, a surface level, if you're not really wanting to go, like, too far down into the subterranean of, like, how the world works, man, it just seems to be clear waters on top. I mean, (laughs) I have no idea what's going on below the surface. Um, I think by nature, I've just always been a highly curious individual. And so I think... Um, my uh, traveling mentality when it comes to ideas and faith and asking questions um, was going to eventually kind of lead me out of that sect of Mm. Christians. Now, there are a lot of people, I will say, that like have messaged me and loved the record and been so grateful for like a genderful, nonviolent 
uh, record. And when I say nonviolent, like, I also don't believe that blood atonement is necessary anymore, which is a big pylon of the Christian faith that, like— Yeah, thank you for, for clarifying that. I wasn't sure yeah. when you said that before what that— Yeah, <laughs> what yeah, I realized that, meant. like, yeah, so, like— <laughs> No animals for, were harmed in the making of yeah. this record. <laughs> well, no humans, like, yeah. I mean, like, so I think that, like, I I just cannot get behind that concept of me anymore if I believe that mm. God is love and that God is, like— um, kindness and generosity and hospitality and all these things that requiring requiring a sacrifice of blood, requiring the blood of Jesus Christ, um, like physically requiring it, it seems um, contradictory to me. Um, it seems like a really old way um, of understanding um, resolving a problem. So like, I understand how it could be written that way. I just don't necessarily think it's necessary in modern times. Um, mm. So, so yeah, I just, I've had people enjoy it, but I've also, to put it this way, I used to get like a hundred invitations a year to play in different kinds of Christian spaces. And I get maybe one to three a year now. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. And, when, that, and that's, it's, it's a big difference. A big, pretty big dip. Yeah. Yeah. And when my divorce record dropped, my Spotify li- listenership um, cut in half and has not come back. <laughs> just by me- Just by mentioning... That you went well, through a divorce. To be fair, too, I like co-released a podcast where I was advocating divorce, and mm. I still believe this as a very healthy, respectable, reasonable way to exit um, dysfunctional relationships. <laughs> and mm. and I also don't think that God hates divorce. Um, and I think God hates abuse um, and the mismanagement of power over each other. I just. That's my opinion. Seems that is a <laughs> rational position to, to be holding as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, you so heard I here was, first. God doesn't stand origi- for abuse. Not, not an original <laughs> idea, but it's something I embrace. Um, so I was really vocal about that mm. because I felt like it was very important for people in a particular form, in a particular Christian space, to hear, like, you do not have to— um, with like withstand ongoing um, mistreatment or dysfunction, like there are ways to properly exit relationships, um, and uh, yeah, there was just some blowback from that. But there was also like, man, I still get emails. I got an email from somebody last week, and that record came out five years ago. Mm. Who was like, I was listening to the podcast, listening to the record, wasn't ready for it when it came out. Was really mad at you about it, but I'm now going through my own divorce, and it's been like a bomb to me, like a B-A-L-M, balm, yes. um, to, to my soul, realizing that God doesn't hate me and like, I'm okay, you know? Mm. And I don't know, all the money lost, all the fans lost, like that is so worth it to me to know that like it has a real impact on people who feel probably trapped and in prison by ideas. Yeah. Like they're not physically in prison, but I mean, that was me. I was just like trapped and thought that I and all I had to do was like push the door open and walk out. But you, yeah. it, it's so hard when you're in that space to realize that you actually have agency and you have choices. It went off like a bang. Oh, everything it changed in that moment. It went off like a bang. Blood coursed through my veins. Oh, 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 when those fatal words 
It went off like a rain Have you closed the door on that collection of songs from your divorce or is it like, is it a closed chapter or do you still revisit them when you have opportunities to, to play live or whatever? I mean, I think because of pandemic life and mm. all of that stuff, I actually haven't had opportunities. To, yeah. The last time I kind of played and toured those records, I I don't think Lucas and I had even started dating yet. That's my, wow. my husband. So like, I never really had the the situational issue of like, should I tour this record even though my, mm. my life's not there anymore? And the, now I'm working on this new record called Mama, which is like a group of banging cool songs. I love them so much. And it's Aww. and it's about and it's about postpartum. It's about body shame. It's about joy. It's about sleep training. It's about, but it's like, it's <laughs> like great. the Bahamas meets Japanese house meets the little radio head. Like it's got really cool vibes. I'm super proud of it. And, you know, I'm awesome. co-producing it with Lucas. So that's been really fun. Um, so yeah, like, uh, you know, I, I don't think I'll have that problem even when I start playing shows again. And I think that like, you know, divorce is really about depression yes. and grief and about working through grief and depression and rage and a lot of feelings. And so the, the vehicle in which those things are discussed is divorce, but that experience, um, will be around for everyone in some different kind of vehicle. And, um, whether it's a breakup or a job loss or just a general state of being, or maybe their parents are getting divorced, or maybe you're grieving the death of a friend. Like we all have to reckon with those emotions as a human being. So honestly, even if I played some of those songs now, I probably would just see it as that, you know, yeah. as, yeah. as songs to help process those emotions. Um, I'm really proud of that record, you know, like it was a real um, expression of my pain and my understanding at the time. Um, the funny thing is there's a song called Forgive on that record. And um, I listened to Divorce, I forget, like maybe like a year, a year and a half ago, I was pregnant. And because um, I was just curious about it, I hadn't heard it in a long time. And I listened to it. And that was one of those where originally I thought that that song was, I'm like trying to extend forgiveness to my ex-husband. And when mm. I listened to it again, I realized, oh my gosh, that forgiveness is for me. Like, um, yeah, because I had so many questions about why did I stay so long, or why did I do yeah. this, or why did I, why did I participate in the dance that led to us getting divorced as well? You know, yeah. like why did I do that? You know, and and a lot of shame from that, and like, um, and I realized like, oh, that's just, the forgiveness is for me too, you know, and it didn't even like reveal itself to me till years later, you know, and 
that's what's so cool about music, man. Like it's just the never ending Easter eggs and gifts it can offer you. And it's about, it meets you where you are at. And like, I have no idea how my songs hit anybody as they're listening. Um, but it's going to treat or like nurture whatever their experience is in that moment. And they'll receive it maybe in ways I had no intention when I was writing it. But like, it's not my job to manage that. My job is just to like, make the sounds and put the lyrics together in an honest fashion and then put them yeah. out. And and to be clear, you you still identify as a Christian. You're you still are part of the church or the Christian community? I'm not sure if I'm being really candid. Interesting. Like, okay. I am I I was actually just having a conversation with Isaac from Porter's Gate because that's definitely a Christian based project and I have always told him, please, please, please keep inviting me. I love being here. It's sort of the last Christian community that I am still engaged with. Hmm. And it's important to me. And I love them and I trust them as a community. I think they do an amazing job at being hospitable and making room. And I just, a lot of my friends are there. And I, the reason why I say I'm not sure is because I feel like I've sort of like, it's like an edge that used to like feel painful, but now I have sort of feel like I figured out how to like ice skate on that edge. You know what I mean? Like, and, <laughs> and, and it sort of is fun and feels okay to me now. Um, I, it's just the culture I grew up in. And so there's also just some real like family relationship to Christianity right. that I'm like, you're a yeah. part of me. Like as much as I could say, like, you're not, you're not a part of me anymore that I don't think that would be true because it was so informative and still is on like base level ideas and concepts of how I live my life. Um, I think, I don't think Christianity is bad. I also like, don't think Jewish is bad. I don't think Buddhism is bad. It's like, I don't really have a judgment about it. I think there are some really beautiful, important ideas that Christianity upholds that I still uphold as well. And then I think there's some things in there that like freak me out and I don't Mm. like, and that I don't think are helpful. In the, hmm. in the formation of humanity. So I don't know how to answer the question. <laughs> yeah. And it's not because I'm like trying to be coy as much as like, um, I feel more interested about like, okay, I, this is what I'll say. I believe in God and I believe having faith is really an, an important part of my formation and being. And mm. I really need that in my life. It makes me a happier person. Like, I've definitely toyed with atheism and being agnostic. I get I get it. I think if people are that, that's fine with me. It doesn't upset me. But I feel better if I think that like God is out there and God is real and that God is for the, you know, justice and love and all those things coming together and some like beautiful reckoning, like a nonviolent beautiful reckoning <laughs> that exists. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that. And it helps me sleep better at night. <laughs> so I'm okay with that, you know? Um, so yeah, I, it's like a yes and no. Um, yeah. All the above and also I don't know if I care anymore. <laughs> In the garden of Everything must die In the garden It's the fallen seeds that grow and blossom in the spring. So let it die, let it die, 
Tell me about In the Garden. Of course, ideas of, of death and rebirth, these are present in a lot of Christian imagery, but how are you thinking about them in this song? Yeah, you know, so this is, when you, when you set up the email and said, like, I want songs kind of that have influenced your spirituality, I think that's how you mm. said it. Um, sure. I, uh, I had just left, like, a group event where people were getting together and playing worship songs and singing. And... Uh, they were only using God and father language, like in masculine language. And it, I felt really triggered by it at the time. And mm. just by the idea of like not holding space for like more, you know? Mm. And even though like I deeply loved all the human beings in the room, it wasn't like an attack on any of them as much as like the idea that has just been present in Christian faith, which is patriarchy. Um, and so I had to leave early and I was sobbing and I remember sitting outside the grocery store and I messaged my um, one of my best friends, Audrey, and I just said, I think this is a moment my faith has died officially. Wow. Like, I kind of know that it's like been anemic and been a bit sick, um, wow. not like in a negative way. It's just yeah. been happening. Yeah. And because like I keep like, I feel like I, keep, I feel more and more alien in all these spaces. And... I just sobbed. I said, oh, I just, and I feel sad, you know? And, you know, she actually hit me back right away and said, you want to get, you want to get coffee tomorrow morning and just talk this through. And I was like, totally. And she's mm. such a trusted confidant and has also been in and out of her own like spiritual and faith journey. So I knew that she wasn't going to get freaked out or like judge me or be like worried, like we're losing you. Like I didn't need any of that energy around what was happening already because right. I was already grieving. And we sat and got coffee and she said, Latifa, what if you just let it die? She's like, because like what I have seen is every time you let something die, something new is born. Hmm. And and I was like, Phew. and then I was an avid, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was an avid gardener in Colorado before I moved to Nashville. I loved being in my garden and it taught me so much temperance and patience mm. and was just such a helpful space to be in. Um, and so I thought about um, that picture and I realized I wanted to write about that and I wanted it to be on the record um, that like, you know, we see death and life imagery, resurrection imagery all over the Bible, the Christian Bible. You see it all over many faith traditions for a reason. And you see it um, repeated in actual nature, um, which has been like another thing I've been trying to pay attention to are the things I believe, are they repeated in patterns like everywhere? Like, yeah. and so... Yeah, I, I decided to write about it, and I decided to let myself off the hook about, like, feeling bad that, like, my faith died, <laughs> and I'm making this Christian record, <laughs> like, that feels confusing. But what's really, <laughs> what's really cool is, like, you know, records just take time to come out, and so, like, what I realized, you know, while making the record, after the record was released, um, is kind of like, I feel like my Christian faith dies and gets reborn in some ways every day. Yeah. like. And and that it's okay if it evolves and changes. It's okay if some people who are Christian look at me and say, well, you're definitely not a Christian. 
And that's okay for them to think that. Um, it doesn't change how I see myself um, yeah. or how I relate. It's just it's just language on some level to me. Um, but uh, but yeah. So I wrote that song, and and you know, towards the end of it, it says, uh, "Don't shut me out of the of the garden," you know. Mm. And and the funny thing is, I think originally when I wrote it, I might have been saying that a little bit to God and the community, like the Christian community, like okay don't shut me out. Because like, if yeah. you look at the, the Eden story in the Bible, God shuts Adam and Eve out of Eden right, right. to never come back, which I now also have a fundamental problem with, by the way. But <laughs> I would never shut my son out, but that's fine. <laughs> and that's the, pa- <laughs> that's the pattern that's repeated that I'm trying to pay attention to. But um, mm-hmm. I will always welcome him back, you know? But we also see that story in the Bible too, the welcome, the prodigal son story of like, no matter what you go and do, you're always welcome back at my table. Like we see both stories, which is sort of interesting. Yeah. I mean, um, it's it's a one reading of the Eden story, you know, it, it doesn't yes. necessarily have to be a, a harsh judgment in that way. It can also be read yes. as as a maturity or, or, you know, an expansion of knowledge. Totally, and I'm with you yeah. on that now, but like the way I was taught it, right, was Interesting. like, they were yeah. so bad. Don't get kicked out of the garden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so, but you know, now, and even like as I, the times where I have been able to play that song in spaces, it's so much more about speak, speaking to the community, don't shut each other out. Like, because mm. I actually don't think God shuts us out. Um, I think we do a good enough job doing that ourselves. Um, some people shut themselves out. <laughs> Right? Like some wow. people with shame and self loathing, they shut themselves out of their own garden. And like, and that is devastating, you know? So it's fun to see like some Easter eggs I laid for my own self, like <laughs> in the song that I might yeah, not have been yeah. ready for at the time. Right. But then like, that, that's been happening all over kinds of when I go back and listen to old records because I usually take long breaks. I'm always like, whoa, that means something totally different but i see what i i see how it means this now you know so i love that song i'm i uh I, it was a really tender honest moment you know mm. um and both those songs you know the page records used to just be covers of hymns and the all record has one or is it two or three i think it's just two maybe two and a half um that are actually old hymns um mm-hmm. reconfigured but the rest are all original songs and yeah. i think that i did that because i I still don't know if it's going to be the last page record that I ever make. I don't know. I go back and forth. The good news is, is I have Motospira, and you know I'm working yes. on that new album right now. And just keep breathing. Yeah, you're not, just keep breathing. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> Things I tell myself. Um, yeah, I, I and I, I I'm going to finish that first, and then I'll reopen that can of worms. I think Amazing. after I release the Moto record. But usually, what happens is I get an idea and I can't escape it, and then I just it's like a deep compulsion. I have to make it. So we'll see if I get an idea. <laughs> what in the world are we going to do? Look at what everybody's going through. What kind of world do you want it to be? Am I the future or the history? Cause everyone hurts, everyone cries 
I'd also love to ask you about the single called uh, Everyday Life, which you put out with Audrey Assad. Yeah. And she's also another phenomenal um, musician from that same scene that um, that I was introduced to by that show from Mike Cosper. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about the collaboration with her. Audrey and I decided just like on a whim to do a bunch of Coldplay covers um, when the pandemic started. And then it took us three years to finish because our lives are crazy. <laughs> um, she is also a mom and, and she's been pivoting her whole artistic brand as well. She's had her mm. whole a journey too. And um, she actually is releasing her new first single at the end of the month. And be sure to check it out because so I heard it and I started weeping uncontrollably. Mm. Like mm. she's just such a rare person but also talent um so i cannot say enough good things about her but it's audrey uh, the audrey you were referring yeah. to before yeah oh that's so yeah. great i love yeah. that you guys are besties that's <laughs> yeah. so fun <laughs> yeah. i love her so much um yeah so um I, we both just i have a deep 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 love of coldplay um as chris Mar chris martin as a writer um mm. i love the music they make it's always hit me at important times in my life. Uh, I feel like their music makes me feel closer to the Holy Spirit too. Like mm. so does Seeger Rose and so does Radiohead and Imogen Heap mm. and like all this stuff. But um, yeah, Everyday Life was actually the song I walked down the aisle to. Um, wow. And uh, not our version, but yeah, Chris Moore's version. <laughs> That's a little like egocentric. <laughs> oh, it's really man. funny. Wow. Perfect um, timing. Thank I you know. for that, Latifa. <laughs> no problem. Um, so yeah, I felt like, you know, when Lucas and I were trying to figure out what I was going to walk down the aisle to, I was like, isn't this just life though? Like, it's, mm. it's these everyday moments. It's like, we got mar married in the middle of a pandemic. Like, um, and I just felt like all we have to cling to are these like very real, unexciting real life moments. And that's what like, that's, that's like the, the majority of the glue that holds our lives together are these ordinary things. And, um, and so it just felt really right at the time. And so that song in particular is really special. We, we have another one, um, See You Soon came out as well, which is so funny because it's so perfect for the pandemic and it came out like 10 years ago. It's a deep cut. It's a deep Coldplay mm. cut. And then Audrey did Yellow. And then um, actually Yellow's on an old record. She did Midnight, um, which I think is out too. So I think we're going to do some more covers. I'm not sure by who. Um, That's so Just because cool. we love making stuff together. So, yeah. So is there is there like a scene for, I mean, I want to say Christian musicians, but now I feel like it's like Christian plus, plus, e. plus or something. <laughs> um, but basically fo folks in that same sort of, faith and community space that have like a similar groove or are you guys like off in some weird little corner on your own and i, I want to say i say that in like with all no, no, love because yeah. i want to hang oh, out in that corner too with you <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty cool <laughs> corner no um i think uh it's so interesting because i i i get to hang out with and be around a lot of artists in the christian space that i have become friends with that I love and I respect and I respect their faith and I respect how they practice their faith. There are the people that help keep me around feeling okay about still using the word Christian, honestly. Mm. Like um, that's like the Porter's Great crew and those kind of people. So um yeah, I mean I think that sometimes I feel like, you know, the zany aunt that gets invited to the 
the holiday that says all the weird stuff. Like, you know what I mean? If like Christianity is a family. The divorced aunt that's <laughs> yeah. doing drugs and talking yeah. about cosmic Christ. Exactly. So like, <laughs> Just be careful talking to her. You might get yeah. some ideas. Exactly. So like, um, but the cool thing is it's like ultimately like, I just care so much about loving people where they're at and also getting to be loved by them. And then at the end of the day, like most people just want to be and sit with people they don't feel judged by, they feel safe with, and they can just say all the things in their mind too, you know? Mm. And Mm. I feel really lucky that I have been able to be that person for people. Not everyone. I'm sure there's people that don't feel that way about me, but, um, and that those people have been that for me. And so, you know, I think that, yeah, I've come across quite a few, like, you know, people sometimes use the word ex-evangelical or expat Christian or yeah. um, uh, people kind of in the fringe space, kind of people who are uh, kind of going back and forth on the border of Christianity or whatever term you want. Like, I I also, like, really, really care for, the, like, the queer community, and there's been a lot of... Um, people in the queer space who have either had to leave the Christian tradition or find safe Christian spaces for them. And uh, so I I really love that community and I feel like how painful it must be for them to just like experience so much pain in that space that's supposed to be welcoming. Um, so yeah, I mean, in some ways, yeah, I guess there's like a theoretical corner where we all get like shoved to, (laughs) but, but also what's super cool is like how I feel now is like, there are no corners. It's a circle. Like, like it's a sphere. Like, um, there's a lots of room. So it's just like another opportunity to discover another part of the world, you know? And I used to feel cornered and that felt really painful. And then I realized uh, I just had to change my perspective. I I have, you don't have to share, but I am curious, what is, what is your like spiritual tradition or do you practice anything? Cause you said you're not a Christian, but I'm so curious that you've been listening to Christian music. You've been, the whole show, you've been beating me to the punch on all of my, (laughs) all of my questions. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So. So as as we as we wrap up here, you know, first of all, you know, I've been so happy in this moment in you, with you listening listening to how you talk about your music, um, and and the inspiration for for the title of this series and for doing this series of conversations with musicians, um, soul ladder music. It comes from a quote from the holy writings of the Baha'i faith. Cool. I don't know if you've ever encountered the Baha'i faith before. I actually have um, a friend who grew up Baha'i, randomly. Oh, really? And it was Very so cool. weird. He he was in my dream last night, which is even crazier now Ooh. that you're saying that. So Baha'u'llah, who's the prophet of the Baha'i faith, says that God has made music as a ladder for our souls. Cool. And and so one of the things I like to ask my guests is, what does that image conjure for you uh, in in where you're at as a musician? Yeah, I mean... I think that's a beautiful way to to put it. I think I've always thought of it as like, you know, music is like keys to keyholes we didn't know how to unlock. I think like that's one way Mm. I probably would have described it. But like um, the latter idea is really beautiful. I mean, if you think of each rung as like different emotions or different experiences that like, um, because I think like the human experience is all of it, right? It's not just grief. It's not just joy. It's, you know, it's, it's all of it together. And so like, in order to like hold the whole experience, 
it all has to happen, right? And so, like, right. if you're climbing the ladder, you have to climb each step to get to the point. And so um, I think that's really cool. I, I feel like I wish I had even more time to marinate on it, but um, that would be my, <laughs> my, my first reaction. <laughs> um, you can take, take that time and get back to me. I'd love to hear yeah. any other thoughts that you have on it when you have it. Yeah, I mean, I think like like the the ladder to the soul. I mean, part of me is like, is the ladder in the center of it, and each rung is like it's more of like a sphere, and so it's like each rung like has like a, uh, what would that be like? You know how there's like layers to the earth, like the crust and the ozone, like, yeah, like all yeah, that kind yeah. of kind of stuff, like almost like if the ladder was in the center of the earth. Uh, or like, you know, it goes from like crust all the way up through core back to crust. You know what mm. I mean? Like if you think of the 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 soul as a sphere in that way and the ladder goes through the center, well then like you're experiencing each layer of it. And like, I think that like music um, can do that. Like it can help you experience all of it. Um, I also think like all art's important, so I don't want to just honor music. But, sure, sure. Um, but it is my medium, so I'll just say it's the most important. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. This has been a wonderful, wonderful time. And thank you so much for, for spending an hour plus with me. Oh, um, Jack, it's been a joy. Thank you. It, it, was a, it was really encouraging for me to talk to you. So I appreciate the ask. Oh, this is great. This is great. Me too. Me too. So, so uh, just a, a more deep and profound connection with the music of yours that, that I've loved already for years now. So oh, thank you for well, that. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Um, I'll send you the new record when I actually ever finish it. So uh, I can't wait. Thanks for making the climb with me this week on Soul Ladder Music. You can learn more about Latifah's music as Page CXVI at P-A-G-E-C-X-V-I dot com and as Modospira at M-O-D-A-S-P-I-R-A dot com. I'll have these and the links to all the songs in this episode in our show notes. Look for all the episodes of our Soul Ladder Music series on all podcast platforms and check out the Soul Ladder Music playlist on Spotify for the music from all our shows. Thanks as always to Jeff Philosopher for providing our theme music and to associate producer Aiden Keyes. And keep tuning in to WOWD 94.3 FM, Tacoma Radio, for great music and programs seven days a week, streaming online at tacomaradio.org.